0: welcome to the ckth podcast i'm john vincent campbell and this installation is with hard charging surfer from the uk adam Amin. in line with adam's already remarkable international journey he is now chasing european winter swells with fellow friend of the program and former u.s marine frosty neiman big respect and appreciation to adam for not only fearlessly paddling into heavy water waves but also for authentically sharing his harrowing childhood story on this pod. Cheers and enjoy.
1: Adam,
0: how's it going? good how are you mate doing well doing very well um so where in the world are you now i am on on maui hawaii right now um in the the tropics (laughs) very nice uh that uh sounds nice um yeah and, and uh how has your day been
1: pretty good pretty good actually um a friend's car broke down. So just helping with that right now. So some fun, fun situations today.
0: Okay. All right. How are, how would you uh, give yourself uh, uh, a grade in terms of your mechanic skills?
1: Um, I'd probably say about eight out of 10. I've eight got out of 10? Yeah, I've got quite a lot of mechanics background.
0: Really? Okay. All right. Uh, so let's, let, let's, let's come back to that. Let's hold that. Okay. I'll make a note here. Um, so going kind of all the way back um you know uh where in the world are you from um i'm from a little
1: town or should i say a little bit uh, semi semi big town um a town called exeter england Excellent. um and yeah so i was born there mm-hmm. um and yeah so it's southwest of england <laughs>
0: Okay, so Exeter. So we have a uh, very prestigious prep school here in the states called Exeter as well. Oh, not sure if you knew that, but it's, uh, it's huh. up, in, up in the state of New Hampshire. Is there a? No, I haven't heard of that. Is there a Hampshire oh. in uh, England as well? There must be. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah, no. Exeter is uh, in the state of New Hampshire, which is incidentally also where I attended uh, university. So. Oh wow. Yeah yeah so uh always an interconnected little world we live in um yeah it's funny uh so okay so again we want to put a pin in the mechanic skills but uh from your social recently i noticed that you're also doing a bit of uh learning to fly well yeah my mentor
1: right so um he kind of took me in uh in terms of like work and just, um, advice for a lot of things, you know, it's always nice having an older guy help you. He's about 78 works like a horse. He'll, he'll never stop working till, you know, um, he basically taught me anything, everything in terms of building house, doing mechanics, um, you know, what to and what not to do in general life effectively like a a father role
0: model that's very cool uh i i think i don't know if we could ever have enough of those kinds of figures in our lives yeah 100 percent. i completely agree um so with respect to the flying specifically uh how long has that been going on
1: um well he has his own plane so Um, the plane has uh two consoles so he basically lets me fly the plane and teaches me everything about the plane um and you know he's like it's just fun for him he's just like it's just another day for him he's uh he's like okay let's go flying before we go to work so we'd we'd go fly come back go to work and then go mountain biking or just just
0: anything you know surfing whatever no it's fantastic i mean that's uh that's that's, that's pretty that's pretty damn cool to be honest uh, <laughs>
1: no he's a cool uh, guy
0: cool. no he sounds like a very cool guy um okay so um you know being from exeter just what was that like growing up there like kind of walk me through a little bit of just like the uh the the exeter childhood if you will
1: okay so we actually i was born in exeter called and it was a little town called the mint house it's like a old stone stone house like um built very long ago i was born there and then uh i'm getting getting into a bit of a story here of my childhood please please right i and it's and definitely cutting a long long story short but uh i was born in exeter and then when i was about let's say four or five we moved to bali in indonesia and so we moved to a a place called changu Yep, And it was, it was me, my three older brothers and my mum and dad. So we moved over there, built a bit of a life. Uh, We owned a school, uh, we owned a house and a furniture company. And so about five years, no, let's say three years we were living there. And all throughout that time, um, kind of things were falling apart was between my, my parents' marriage. And so it was kind of falling apart. And then uh, my my dad at the time he had a great idea to take us from our mum without her knowing. She was I think she was um, picking out clothes in the store for us at night sometime. And he got us as much as he could in about an hour, and threw it, got us in a car, put us in a plane, flew us over to Saudi Arabia. So in Saudi Arabia, which is where he's originally from, he thought it would be a good idea for us to start anew without our mom knowing, basically. So he abducted us over there and then he tried to get us to start a new life. Um, and while we were there, we absolutely hated it. You know, it was, it was away from you know, our mom. We, we, she didn't even know where we were at all. And so we were over there three years, and all throughout that time, us boys were just just hating it. We didn't speak the language. We couldn't make any friends. We, you know the life over there is, is quite uh, how do you say? It? it's quite bleak. You're very inside most of the time. It's just very hot outside. It's just desert, you know. And so, And so we were living there, and then all throughout that time, my mum Try to find out where we were. So in those three years, she had absolutely no idea where we were. She didn't even know which country we were in. So where was I? I can't remember. So your mom, your mom was looking for you guys. Okay, perfect. Uh, it was just connecting to my car. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she basically um, contacted the king of Saudi Arabia at the time, sending messages, uh, letters, whatever she could at the time. I think he must have got. I think there was a number. I think it was 53 uh, letters from my mum to the king. And eventually he wrote back to her with like, what's all these letters all about? I can't go through them. There's too many, all this kind of stuff. So they had a meeting. My mum managed to get a special visa, one of a kind, and, and to track down us. Couldn't make any trouble in the country or else she's out. And so a woman with you know blonde blonde hair blue eyes from Denmark trying to track a cat, track her kids in a foreign country' It's just incredible to me It's mind boggling how determined she was you know even to me i can't i can't even fathom how determined she was so she went over, eventually found us, found where we were, and set up a court date and everything happened um Everything went along in the court. Everyone, uh, how do I say this? Uh, the easiest way to say it is my mom was sat in the court, all gowned up with the lawyer next to her, next to her. And my dad just comes walking in, sits right next to the lawyer. And she, she, to this day, she says, I don't know how I didn't just jump over and like kill him just by, for taking my kids, you know? She, she just, she's still like mind boggled on that. But
0: of course, I mean, anybody can only imagine the emotions that are happening at that moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the court went on, and it was all in Arabic, and my mom can't speak Arabic, so it was going on, going on, and she just starts crying, just bawling her eyes out. And the, the, the judge is like, what's this, what's happening? What's going on in, in, in what, like, she's crying, bawling her eyes out. This is supposed to be a court case for her. So what's going on? So she, she asked the, the lawyer, like, what's, what's going on with her? Uh, and she just turns and goes, I can't speak Arabic. Like, this is a court case for my children. I need to, I need to, you know, speak up, but I can't. And so the judge just goes okay we're going we're going to turn all this court into english like we're going we're going to we're going to stop it just everyone can speak english okay cool my dad raises his hand and goes okay i can't i can't speak english and obviously that's a that's a big lie and my mom starts laughing and she just goes well judge he's got a phd in english language and so obviously then uh, found out that he was lying and then that's pretty much how the court case went and how she won the court case and and us back. And so that was a little story on how my childhood kind of went and how we got to my mom. We moved back to England into a little town called Sidmouth, not very far away
0: from Exeter. And then I started surfing there, basically. Wow, okay. I mean, first of all, you know, thank you for sharing such a personal story. Um, well,
1: it's 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 it is personal, but at the same time, my mom actually wrote an autobiography about all of it. Okay. It's called It's called Reunited in the Desert. Hmm. Um. And so it's kind of like a story that's it's close to my heart, of course. But at the same time, it's it's out in the world,
0: you know. Of course, of course. I mean, I look. I, you know, you, you like like you just said, you you only kind of read about these sorts of things a little bit about my history. Um, You know, I I attended one year of law school. uh, And, you know, when when you when you read through these cases, you know, um, it's a little bit like kind of in a sense going to the movies, because, you know, you read about these things that happen to people's lives in real time, in whatever era they're living in, of course, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, you know, you just kind of take a step back and you're like, wow, you know, the world can be a great place. And at the same time, the world can be uh, a fucked up one as well. Yeah. uh, Brutal. Right. Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. So, I mean, look, my heart goes out to you and I'm very, very happy to hear that your mom, you know, made it, made that, made that journey happen and, and was able to successfully get her kids back. Thank you. Thank you. So, so you started surfing back in England, like, uh, you know, uh, did you kind of skip the, the soccer, rugby kind of thing and just go right into the surfing or how did that work?
1: No, I actually did a lot of different things. I was doing, um, basketball, swimming, uh, rugby, cricket, uh, quite a few sports. I couldn't, nothing really stuck. Like I was kind of doing all of them, but just like this and that. Um, and then I went on like, a, uh, you know, I was driving mom crazy with all this energy I had and just bouncing around all these sports. And she was like, you need to find something that you're passionate about. So she sent me to like a, like a PGL, it's called like a, a kid's camp where you stay for like a week and, and all this. And that's when someone introduced me to surfing, took me out and all that. And then I came home and I was like, I want to go surfing every day if I can. Mm. So, you know, I got the wetsuit board and ever since then I was just
0: hooked. And, and, and so how old were you then? I was 13.
1: Yeah, 13. 13.
0: 13. What was uh, your first wetsuit?
1: My first wetsuit was, I think it was a hand-me-down from my brother. Okay. And it was just like this old two mil, like, I, I can't even rem- remember the brand. It was just, two, yeah.
0: two mil in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that doesn't sound thick enough, money. to be honest with you. <laughs> um but uh so so your brothers were also uh guys that took you under their wing in a sense in the water uh yeah a little bit my uh
1: i've got the two oldest they're twins so they were kind of surfing a little bit on and off and they were just kind of like whatever you want to get into will support you like and help you out whatever you need there's still always you know between brothers there's always still fighting and everything but they always had good good intentions and they have the heart
0: they have hearts gold like whatever I'm into they always help me you know oh no no, no. that's phenomenal that's how that's that's how it absolutely should be yeah. um so so the two oldest are twins and then you uh then the two oldest the twins and then there's one between me and them got it so you're the youngest yes yeah that's that's uh yeah no I can imagine I mean. For four brothers growing up, there's gonna inevitably be at least at least one scrap, I suppose, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so just staying on the sports subject for a moment, only because I'm curious about this every single time I meet somebody who's frankly not from the US. Who is your soccer club then? Oh, my soccer club. I'm gonna have to say Exeter City just because I'm from there. Perfect. Good. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's, it's always been a curiosity of mine because, you know, it's, um, I love sports and, um, you know, uh, here soccer has always been a, a huge thing, but American football, as you know, is like kind of, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's massive. It's our version of, I guess, like gladiators in Rome or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we can't get enough of it. So it's always something that I'm, that I'm, uh, uh, interested in asking folks about. Um, so like, you're getting into surfing. You got this two mil wetsuit, and um, like you know, I have to imagine that you kind of at some point hit a juncture where you're like, "All right, look, like I love this. I'm pretty good at it." And then you started to what? Say, "I'm going to start chasing big waves." No,
1: I actually went. Um, I was working all summer, and and I was like, "Okay, I need to." I need to make as much money as I can. So I took any job I could. I think I was dishwashing in a restaurant every day to make enough money. And I, and we went, on a, I went on my first surf trip and it was uh, Sri Lanka. I went with my mom and my mom's boyfriend and my oldest boyfriend was into surfing as well. So he kind of, he took me on a lot. And when we went to Sri Lanka, that's when I went, Oh, I really want to push my surfing. And I started surfing some waves around there which I was really pushing myself as much as I could. And then I just like every day it was getting bigger and the swell was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was just like, I want to be out there. You know, I just, I, I want, to ride waves. So I started like pushing myself, pushing. and then I was like, from then on, I was like, I want to push it as
0: far as I possibly can, as big as I possibly can. I hear you. Uh, no, that's exciting. Um, so, so you were at that point, um, on the Sri Lanka trip, but you're still kind of, you know, I guess you're at that point still living in the UK. Yeah. And um, you then made a decision to get up and move to the Hawaiian islands, right? Uh, no, after that,
1: I think I went for, I went on a few other trips. I went to France kind of backpacking, like, I'll, you know, just, just like sleeping on the beach, whatever. I didn't have much money, so I just, I flew over and yeah, sleeping on the beach in Biarritz and hosega and all that kind of stuff to like be there. You know, I'd leave my stuff on the beach and go surf and just keep an eye on my stuff type of deal. And then I went to uh, Indonesia with a friend. That's when I was working a lot, a lot, a lot. And yeah, I went to, when I was about 18, went, went to Indonesia with him. I think I spent about like six months over there and I come back and then... That's when I made the decision to go to the Hawaiian Islands. I went there for three months and then Mexico three months. And then right after that, I got enough money to get the ticket back to Maui. And then I moved straight away. Wow.
0: Okay. So when you
1: moved to Maui, how old were you? I was
0: 19. Okay. And at that point in time, you're basically this sort of global traveler. I mean... There, there, there's no passport stamp that you probably don't have just from the connections of the airlines alone, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, sir, so at that point you're 19 years old in Maui, and I've been waiting for this question here, Adam. Is this where you develop your eight out of ten mechanic skills or not? Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So my, my mentor took me under his wing, and I, I had you know a car that. I couldn't afford very much, so um, I kind of, like, did what I could to, to pay for the car, and then all sorts of things were just going on. And my mentor was just like, oh, you know, you want to do, you know, you're breaking, your car's breaking down, or this is failing, go and fix it. He said, there's a shed over there with a bunch of tools. If you need anything, come in and ask me about it. So I would just go in there, try and fix it, and then, you know, come crawling back. Oh, I broke this. Like, can you help me? And then just pretty much, from then on, I was just fixing my own car. And then from fixing my own car, other people asked me like, oh, can you do my brakes or my oil or my this or that? Oh, my transmission's going out. Oh, can you help me this? So it started. It started like that. And then I was working um, as much as I could to like, you know, help out with other people and and work a little bit doing that. But then it, uh, the big thing working was building houses and remodeling with my mentor as
0: well very cool which one do you prefer uh more working on a car or working on a house
1: working on a house okay. i i as you can tell my hands are quite dirty mm. from and they stay like that in mechanics and just just chemicals all over your body as you know
0: <laughs> sure no 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 i mean i look i i uh my my first job actually was um, working construction for a summer. Um, shout out Dewhurst construction. Um, That's nice. yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I did a whole lot in the way of real technical activity. They gave me a shovel most of the time and a, and a broom right. at the end of the day, but <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to report that I did actually dig a pool. Uh, that was, oh, my, big, cool. that was my big accomplishment that summer. Yeah. hard work. It was actually pretty hard work. Yeah. The, 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 the most dodgy thing, if you will, uh, in digging said pool was I needed to first find a manhole that was like deep under the dirt. I like, it was kind of one of these things where you're like, shouldn't a manhole be like on the street or something, you know, but nonetheless, you know, digging, 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 like I'm digging this, you know, massive hole. And, uh, lo and behold, there's the, uh, manhole. And I'm like, okay. Um, and we had to pry this thing open and it was so bizarre i was like trying to figure out how this all all actually worked from a civic kind of municipality plumbing standpoint and we wedged open this manhole and wouldn't you know it there's like a bit of sewage down there and then things start slipping inside and uh i was the guy on the construction site that needed to fetch things from the manhole that day so oh wow yeah no I, i mean i you know i think we all can appreciate the fact that uh Construction is one of those things where you, you, you learn a lot very quickly. And, it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's a great human experience, I think, at the end, of the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And you definitely learn from failures, right? A lot of things go wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, I, I'm, I learn from failures almost every week. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you know, but no, I, I uh, yes. So segueing here, you and Frosty Neiman uh, are both – Very accomplished mechanics, right? I mean, Frosty working on aviation. uh, I guess vis-a-vis the U.S. military, and you've got your background, whether it be in, uh, you know, homes or automobiles or whatever. So, walk it back for me, and just describe like how you and Frosty first met each other.
1: We first met each other. um, It was actually we we uh, we met each other. Um, just messaging online, I think, because I saw him on this one, I, I saw him on this one big day here in Maui and I was like, I recognize that guy. I don't know where I, it turns out I didn't, but I messaged him anyway and I went on a trip to go surf pipeline and I messaged him saying, Hey, like I'm heading over, maybe we can meet up. <laughs> And do something so he wanted to come and join the project because I flew over there with a a filmer and so he wanted to do it as well he wanted to film as well so it was two filmers and I was surfing on you know I hadn't surfed pipe before so that was quite an experience and then and then it went super well I got one of the best ways of my life and yeah it turned out really good and then ever since then whenever I go to Oahu I just stay with him and then we just
0: film or hang out or do whatever that's great i mean that's the kind that's kind of how it happens i guess so uh i mean congratulations to you i mean everybody i think understands that pipeline is one of the fastest waves on earth one of the most dangerous places to to surf i think period um goes without saying that you kind of have to have your sea legs to be able to do such a thing so uh what uh i mean that was your first time surfing pipe do you remember the board you were on
1: yeah i think it was a uh, 7-0 or something like that okay that was like that's usually like the biggest kind of board you ride for like first and second reef because there's three reefs that make up pipeline mm-hmm. first second and third mm-hmm. um and then when it gets way even
0: bigger you sit out at third reef with like much bigger boards sure sure so uh, so, Frosty was always uh, the guy. Like I guess when he first shot you that day, he was in the water with the housing. No, he was on land. So
1: we were doing. Uh, we had long lens, and then he had the short lens following me, kind of real close to get that that kind of angle. Mm. And then uh, another
0: guy called uh, Will. He was with a long long lens. Very cool. Very cool. So you you and Frosty kind of have developed this connection. And when did you both start to kind of germinate this idea of this trip you're going on to Ireland? Um, so we, I would go over and do trips over there, and then we started
1: talking. Like, I really get along with Frost, and he, and 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 he has like some big aspirations to make it filming, yep. especially surfing, because it's it's one of those things you don't really get paid that well for, but you you're you're mainly getting the how do you say it like the the richness in experiences so we were both like that we're like we don't really care about being the richest guy in the world like we're surfers or you know but we want to travel the world and basically get the best waves of our life or get the best shots of our life so and you know it's you know it's super it's it's a lot of help working with different companies and businesses and 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 guys along the way that want to help that's super cool like for example i've got some companies in ireland and and the u.s and 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 guys just want to help with boards and you know it's so useful in in that regards
0: yeah no i it that's i i hate hate the expression you know um that's what it takes to sort of you know keep the dream alive but it, it it, it it takes that right yeah 100%. one hundred percent one thousand percent yeah and 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 you're always in a sense kind of hustling for that for that next you know opportunity I mean look whether you're a professional surfer a professional tennis player whatever um, that's what it requires to sort of continue to sort of like do it um, yeah and do it and do it at the right level so yeah so let's talk specifically now about Ireland so I'm half Irish half Italian oh so wow depending on the company and the weather, you know, I kind of lean one way or the next, but, uh, I've never been to Ireland. Uh, I've heard it's wonderful. The people are obviously very, very nice. At least everyone that I've met here has been great. Who, who hails from, from there, but, um, what, uh, you know, walk us through the itinerary and just kind of describe, I guess, in a sense, what a successful trip there looks like.
1: So, um, This trip actually consists of me flying to England first and then I'm going to buy a big van uh, and then basically do it up on the inside, like, you know, living, living wise. (laughs) Drive down to uh, France and then Portugal, Morocco and surf all the way along there and then uh, and then I think it's January fifteenth Frosty arrives in Ireland, so I leave the van and I fly to Ireland and I meet Frosty over there and then that's when we start filming for this uh vlog that we're starting to do so we 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 got our first kind of vlog video ready to kind yeah. of to kind of uh post effectively or at least close to being posting and so that's kind of the the intro to all of that. And then I'm going to do with someone else, I'm going to do the the next video going down Europe.
0: And then the next one is flying up to Frosty and then all of Ireland. And uh, perhaps I missed this and I apologize if I did the uh, van, where is the van going to live while, while you're in Ireland? Are you going to keep it somewhere hidden in Hossager or Biarritz like on the beach, like your are old? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got, I've kind of got
1: friends all over um, Europe. Okay. that I could I can easily leave or you know if they want to use it or whatever while I'm away that's fine <laughs> Very cool. uh, but pretty much all the way down I have friends that uh, want to they're like big wave surfers that want to go charge they got skis they got you know good setup so right. I'm going to hit all of them along the way down and just go charge with them pretty much
0: no that's fantastic uh, I'm really really excited for you guys thank you so, thank you so All right, so like next kind of shifting here. So uh, as you prepare for this trip, and when do you guys leave again? Um, I leave to England in six days and then he leaves to Ireland on the 15th of January. Okay. Taking some notes. Um, Yeah. And um, that's great. And so I guess... Um, you're going to be spending your holidays over in the UK for what, like the first time in a while? Yeah, first time in seven years. Wow! And, yeah, so, so,
1: been- and so, and so, your your mom is there?
0: Yeah, my mom and my brothers live in England. Yeah. And so, I, what are the holiday plans? A- anything kind of unique or? Um, honestly, for me,
1: I don't want to spend too long in england i just want to get the van and get it done within like three to five days and then start my journey straight away great well so i probably don't have i don't have much of uh in regards to the plans of holidays um i just basically want to go i want to start my journey straight away to go surfing great
0: wonderful um, well look, I, I really honestly could not be happier for you and and for Frosty because you know, uh, I'm a native of San Diego and um, you know, when, when I when I met Frosty, just you know, as we all kind of do these days in the ether, um, you know, and, and it, it hearing his story about just how dedicated he has been to kind of you know just continually leveling up his game in a sense, right? And, yeah. Uh, and I think that you know, any anybody who's spent any time around the industry, so to speak, understands that uh, to to be able to even think about you know approaching you know a a, a paddling situation with with some heavy waves, it requires a, a fair amount of expertise, to say the least. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, look, I mean. I would obviously, of course, love to, you know, help you guys out in whatever capacity that CKTH can, even if it's just from a promotional capacity, yeah. but, uh, you know, please count us in, in terms of, um, you know, being a, being a huge fan of, of, of stories like, like yours and stories like Frosty's as well. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And, and, you know,
1: it's going to be, I think it's going to be a wild time. I think it's going to be a lot going on and, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. That that means a lot.
0: No, look, I mean, and and please, Adam, uh, you know, don't be bashful if you're on this remarkable journey. You know, starting in Europe, uh, then to Morocco, and then hitting Ireland and frosty. If there's any juncture where you guys are, you know, saying, Hey, look, uh, we just kind of like sort of experience something remarkable or have a great yarn to tell. Uh, you know, count me in in terms of uh, wanting to hear about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, hundred. Yeah, you'll be the first guy to guy to hear about it.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I would love that because uh, that's typically where all the best stories take place. Yeah. Well, well, look, uh, with six days to go, I I reckon you got a lot of planning and packing uh, to do. Um, but uh, I uh, very much appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I don't know, is there anything else that you want to do in terms of Shout-outs or just letting folks know what you're thankful for?
1: Um, I kind of I want to shout-out some people
0: who have helped me a lot
1: along the yeah, way, please. Um, which is uh, Wild Atlantic in Ireland, um, Blue Soup in England, um, Jerry O'Keefe in, in the U.S., um, and RS Pro also in, also in Europe. So, yeah, those guys have helped a lot in in regards of surfing and and journey along the way so
0: yeah super cool no look uh it's been a real pleasure and and like i said i would uh very much look forward to chatting with you soon you know even if it's in seven to eight days and you're like hey john you know we gotta we gotta fire the pod back up just to sort of like check in about this one thing that just happened yeah yeah 10%. no adam you sound like a person who is not only a lot of fun to hang with but you sound like somebody who kind of knows how to roll with it, you know, go with the flow, which I think is uh, what life is all about. I guess a lot of things go wrong for me. So I just, I
1: just, I guess I learned to get, go along with it.
0: You know, and there's always a, there's always the tomorrow at. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, I've always been a big advocate of knowing that on to the next one is really the only thing that matters. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it's really good to hear, hear from you, John. And thank you for doing all this. No, likewise, man. And uh, let's uh, catch it up again soon. Yeah, 100%. I'm, All right. Good to speak to you. Likewise.
1: All right. See ya. Bye.
0: Bye.